We're in the T cube 147 challenge or T3 147 challenge. And as we are preparing, I want you to start thinking about how do you make the best use of the time you have? You and I have no idea how much time we have left. We could have three months, three days, or three minutes. But the question on the table is, how much will you do with the time you do have left? See, each of us has 60 seconds in a minute. Each of us has 60 minutes in an hour. Each of us has been given 24 hours in a day, 365 days in a year, right? 168 hours in a week. But all of us don't use time the same way. And I submit we all don't use our time the same way because we haven't been taught to value time in the same way. So here's the question. What will you do with your time? Will you be idle? Will you be a busy body? Or will you be busy for the kingdom's sake? I want to talk to you today for, from the thought how to make the best use of your time. How many of us can look back over our lives and lose track of the time we wasted? And the time we wasted was typically linked to what? Foolish living. <laughs> right? Foolish living, foolish people, foolish person, foolish you. He says you've got to redeem the time, rescue time from loss. And that word for time is really focusing on opportunity. It's opportunity, y'all. God, God wants you to redeem the time. Make good use of the opportunities that God blesses you with. Why? Because opportunities will not always be present. Most of us are living at a place of inactivity, mediocrity, and a failure to apply ourselves. It's evident in your life. You are not where you would be if you applied yourself totally and wholeheartedly to what it is before you. And it's true when it comes to our failure to use what God has deposited within us. Today, for a few moments, I want to talk to you from the thought how to make the best use of your talents. Use the gift that God has given to you. Stop sitting on the seat of do nothing, talking about, I wish I had more. God says, why would I give you more when you're not using what you already have? You want the voice of a platinum artist and you won't sing in the choir. God says, why would I bless you with more when you're not using what I've already given to you? If you spend more money at your happy hour than you give to the Lord, there's a problem. Mic check, one. <laughs> if you spend more on your morning beverage than you give to the Lord, shame on you. Shame on you if to not look bad, you give a 20% tip but can't give 10% to the Lord. Shame on you. There's something wrong with that. Now, if you don't want to do right, just say, you know what, I'm going to do wrong. But don't argue that it's better to give 20% on your tab, including your drinks, and you can't give the Lord 10%. Most of us don't give because we feel like we have too much to give. We don't give like we used to give. Some of you may think you have too little to give. Paul says, I guarantee you, you can't beat the church at Macedonia. <laughs> 
because those Christians gave not out of their plenty, but they gave out of their lack. And there are too many of us who have been blessed by God, watch this, with more than we need and we give less than we can because not of the amount, but the attitude that we don't have when it comes to giving. Hey, this is Pastor Cofield. How are you doing? I'm in Johannesburg, made it here safely, and I'm in Nelson Mandela Square here in Joburg. You can see over my shoulder a life-size picture of Nelson Mandela, along with that oversized picture, actually a statue behind me. And I'm here just to say, first of all, thank you to uh, Brother Matt Tucker for the highlights of our sermon series TQ 147 as we move towards the celebration of our 147 church anniversary. It doesn't stop because I'm not there. As a matter of fact, I want you to make an even greater commitment. And today's message is designed to help you do just that, to encourage you, inspire you, to motivate you, to get off the seat of do nothing and to get involved, to get in the game. Pastor Bell is going to come and introduce our speakers today. And I want you to hear what each of them has to say. And remember, the more active you get involved in your church, it will also bless you in every aspect of your life. All right? So keep on praying for us. We know that God's going to use us in a powerful way. I love you. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, we greet you this morning in the grace, love, and joy, and peace of God, our Father, and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning to everybody. Yeah, that one hour got you this morning, didn't it? It's gone. Stop fussing. It's gone. Amen. But the Lord has blessed you to be here one more day. So we thank and we praise Him for that. And uh, to our streaming audience, we welcome you into the 10 o'clock service at the Good Hope Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope and pray that something will bless you today in this service. If you're ever in town, we are located at 3015 North McGregor Way in the third ward section of the city. Just come on by and we'd love to see you if you're this way. Uh, on behalf of Pastor Cofield, uh, we welcome you and we thank you for joining us. Say amen, everybody. All right, now this morning, we're going to do a little something different with our message this morning. And uh, the Bible and, and Jeremiah, the, the king, sent for the prophet, and he asked him, is there a word from the Lord? And the prophet answered, yes, there's a word from the Lord. And there is a word today from the Lord, and today, especially, we got five preachers that's going to tell you the word. Amen? All right, so normally you hear one, but the Lord has blessed her today to have five of our sons of hope who are going to preach, and uh, they're going to preach from the subject Get in shape to change the world. Get in shape to change the world. So uh, we're going to hear from them, and as they come, we want to make sure that we pray for them, and we pray that God blesses them. Now, these are some of the guidelines for these preachers. They got five minutes to say what they're going to say. The late Pastor Kimball told me, that's all you need. Whatever you need to say, that's what you need to do in that five minutes. 
and God is going to bless them. Now, if they go over the five minutes, as we had <clears throat> one to do this morning, <laughs> Maestro, what's the noise? Now, preachers, that ain't the hooping card for you to start hooping. That ain't the card to say, I feel like my help coming. Let me go, no, ain't none of that. It's you have said what you needed to say, take a seat. Amen. All right. But they uh, they're going to preach for us around the idea of shape and what God has, how God has shaped you to work in the kingdom. So we want to pray for them, and uh, let's, let's encourage them now. They're sitting over in the corner. So y'all look over there and, and point your hand out to them. Point your hand out to them. Preachers, preach the word. Amen. Amen. So after we hear from the praise team, the next voices that you will hear will be that of the Sons of Hope of the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. Can you just lift your voice for a moment and just tell the Lord how much you love him in this place? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. It's an honor to worship you. We love you because you first loved us. We give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. Millions of words can't describe the feelings I have down inside. So I simply say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Does anybody love Jesus out there this morning? Hallelujah. Can we sing that one more time, y'all? When everybody lifted and say, millions, millions of words can't describe, describe the feeling I have down inside. It's hard to contain. So I simply say, oh, Jesus. I love, I love you. And this is why I love you. Because you first loved me. Come on, say. Because you first loved me. I'm returning my love back to you. This is my offering. I'm returning my love. Jesus. Because you first loved me, because you first loved me, I'm returning my love back to you. This is my 
Jesus. From the bottom of my heart, I love you. From the depths of my soul, I love you, Lord. I love, I love you, I love you. Can somebody just open your mouth this morning and tell the Lord how much you love him? Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, sing this praise with us, everybody. Say, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Because you first love me, yes. You paid the price for me. Way back on Calvary. understand how we can get in shape to change the world, I'd like to try to uh, deal with the, the S portion of shape, spiritual gifts. Uh, my specific point is about exercising our gift for kingdom service. And First uh, Peter 4, 10, and 11 is where we're going to kind of delve into our ability to do this on behalf of uh, on behalf of the Lord. Now I want to point out that oftentimes when the Bible speaks of gifts, uh, that word in Greek, charisma, the literal interpretation of it is grace gift. 
uh, a unique endowment, a natural talent, an ability, a quality that God has given to each and every one of us for the purpose of edifying the kingdom. Uh, this gift divinely empowers us to do business for him, to share God's work with others. Now, uh, anyone that has ever taken the time to try to get in shape, one very important component of trying to do that is exercise. Uh, we, so I would like to encourage you to exercise your gift, exercise what God has given you to do. Now, when I'm speaking of exercise in this particular instance, I'm talking about our ability to actually make use of whatever special talent, whatever ability, whatever quality that God has put within you. I want to point out that though some gifts may provide a, a bit more light, a bit more exposure, all gifts are important. Amen? All right. Uh, one other thing that's very important with exercise, if you want to realize the results, you want to use proper form. Proper form when you exercise allows you to maximize the results. Now, in First uh, Peter 4 and 11, it says anyone who speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, the power, forever and ever. Amen. So, in other words, if, if, you're, gonna, if you're going to move forward and maximize the results, you need to be sure you use proper form, and proper form means doing it God's way. So if you're going to speak a word, you be sure it's something God said. If, if you're going to operate in ministry, you be sure it's in God's strength, not yours, because your strength will run out. One important thing about uh, exercise, if, you're, if your goal is to build muscle, a lot of times what they'll tell you to do is you have to have more protein than you would normally take, because you need your body to as it's breaking down from this training to build up. Now, uh, if you'll notice in here where it talks about the strength that God provides, that quite literally means uh, provide in abundance or rich uh, or, or richly provided or rich supply. In other words, where your strength may run out, God's strength is richly supplied to you, so you'll have what you need to operate in that ministry. Now, a lot of times when people, again, are, are exercising, the goal is they want to kind of be, I hear folks say they want to be uh, summer ready or they want to go to the beach. They want to show off this new physique, these muscles or this new shape. See, one, one of the things that uh, we need to realize is whenever we're exercising our gifts and we use proper form, that means we're doing it God's way. It should be so God can get the glory for it. Amen. See, because when we're building that muscle, we want somebody to look and say, oh, my gosh, wow, look at her. Oh, my goodness, look at him. We, we want to be sure that whatever it is we're doing on behalf of God, that they'll be able to point not at us, but at him. And in order for us to do that, we need to exercise our gifts. So, so when we're doing what God has asked us to do, he can flex his muscle. Y'all with me on that? Amen. God bless you. All right. The heart. The Bible tells us, we, we do a word study on it, tell you basically the heart represents all that drives you, your motivation, your desires, your inclinations. But we want a healthy heart, right? A healthy heart is a kingdom heart. 
See, but the thing is, you and I, we all have heart disease. Right? The Bible also tells us about the heart in Jeremiah 17, 9. It says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? But the thing is, is that when we come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, right? He's a heart doctor. And he can change our heart. But the thing is, we have passions, right? You have passions. There are things that you like to do, right? Things that you are driven to do. Things, people that you like to work with. People that you prefer to associate with. Some people like adults. Some people like kids. Some people like middle school students. Some people like high school and college students, right? Some people like intellectual activities. Some people like sports. These are all the things that we like to do. But the thing is, is that the state or the health of your heart will dictate your motivations in doing these things. Right? The Word of God can tell you how healthy or unhealthy your heart is, right? Because Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and exposes our innermost thoughts, and desires, right? Reverend Franklin was talking about passions and, 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 and you know, and, and, and he, went, and he went there, right, with, the, with, you know, did a little track reference, right? And what our thoughts and desires are dictates how healthy our hearts are. I used to run track when I was in college. I used to race in triathlons and stuff when, when I got out. I raced for 34 years. And my motivation was my own glory. I used to make, you know, sometimes, you know, when I hear people make fun of fun, fair, positive soccer, I used to say, oh, that's what age group racing is, right? Everyone gets a medal, right? Because I raced for podiums. But the thing is, is that was my own glory. If you ever watch the movie Chariots of Fire, one of the subplots was the story of Eric Little. He was a Christian who ran for Great Britain. And he would not run the 400 meters at the Olympics, even though that was one of his best events, because it was on a Sunday. And then when he talked about what motivated him, he said, God bless me to run fast. And when I do it, I can feel him smile. So he wanted to worship God so he wouldn't, his motivation for running in the Olympics was not for podiums, not for something as shallow as gold medals, which he won one in a different event, but it was to give God glory, but just to use what God has given him to take the, the passions that God had given him and use them for his glory. When we have an unhealthy heart, we're all about us. It's all about me. But when I have a healthy heart, all those same passions, those same interests, those same people I like to be with, I do it motivated to give God his glory. When we have a healthy heart, 
God's word will tell us how well we're doing. Because the, it manifests itself in the fruits of the spirit. But when we do these things, our motivation is no longer about ourselves. But rather for God's glory. Colossians 3.23 says, work, work willingly at whatever you would do as though working for the Lord as opposed to men. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master that you really serve is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Here for this T3147 Good Hope Church Anniversary Challenge. We started off here today talking about your spiritual gifts that God has given you to bless his kingdom. Our brother just came up and talked about the heart and the passion that you need to get these things accomplished for God's kingdom. And I'm here today to talk to you about the abilities that God has blessed you with to advance the kingdom of God. See, I wanted to be a running back. The running back. At my school, in my elementary school, I was the fastest kid. Now, my, my elementary school, we was very multi-ethnic and multicultural. And the people that were in my culture, they were about, about, the, about as many on my hand. But I was the fastest one out of those, right? <laughs> and so when I went out to go play football when I was in fifth grade, I went out on the field thinking I was going to be the running back. And so when I went out there on the field, we started to stretch, and I saw another kid across the way. He was stretching. I was looking at him. He was stretching, and he was stretching out, and his, his arm was, was detached from his body. It was sitting here just like this. It was just sitting up. I was, we in fifth grade. What, what is this? How you? <laughs> then he had something on his legs, and it was on both sides, and I said, hey, coach, 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 I got a question for you. What's that on his leg? I said, oh, that's a calf muscle. <laughs> that's on both sides, though. It's on both sides of his leg. So, Coach, what does that mean? That means he's the running back. <laughs> and you're going to block for the, the running back. Right? And so when I saw that, I was a little bit bummed out because I wanted to be the running back. But... By the end of the season, I became the best lineman on the team with the coaching of my dad and the training of my dad. I was able to be one of the best. I was able to be the best lineman. I led the team in defensive tackles. I was able to snap the uh, football, and I became one of the best at my position. I was able to move bodies. God had blessed me with some size to move some bodies. Now, what, just think about what if I had stopped because I was looking at the other person's talent more than my own. Brothers and sisters, I, I, I think in the body of Christ, we suffer from a disease of comparison. We look at other people's gifts. We see people up here singing. We see people up here dancing. We see up here people preaching, and we think that we can't be used for the kingdom of God. But God has talents and skills that he has placed in you to advance his kingdom. And my one and only point here today, if you want to get into shape to change the world, you must first Assess your abilities to empower your mobility. You must assess your abilities to empower your mobilities. This, the text that I'm coming from is in your outlines, and it reads in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 5 through 6 of the English Standard Version. 
And it says, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. I'm going to take a page out of Pastor Cofield's playbook and say, I want you to go like highlight, underline, or circle varieties. Same God and empowers. Varieties, same God and empowers. The corner church was a, a church that was very gifted. They had the Holy Spirit. They had all the gifts, but they were only concerned about the gifts that were outwardly, outwardly being displayed. They wanted to speak in tongues but have no translator. So they had the talent. They had the skills, but they were too busy. Everybody wanted the gifts that were outward. But Paul had to come and remind them that, look, we can't have four feet in this body. We can't have seven hands in this body. Every piece of your body is needed. And your skills and your talents are needed for, to advance the kingdom of God. Not everybody can be the running back. Somebody has to block for the running back or the running back won't make it to the touchdown. You can use your gifts, your talents, and your skills to advance the kingdom of God. See, the same God that is empowering, and you see that First Corinthians verse, is the same God that empowered, that empowered Sister Johnson to sing on, that, on Sunday mornings. It's the same God that empowered LeBron James to be 6'9", 270 pounds with a 40-inch vertical. It's the same God that empowered that person to have that engineer mindset. Shame on you. If you've been training, if you've been in school, if you've been in there, you have an accounting degree, but you're not using it for the kingdom of God. God can use your gifts. You first have to assess your gifts to help mobilize and get where you need to be here at this church. See, without you, we can't change the world the way God has called to change his kingdom. We're asking you to use your abilities to change God. <laughs> And on Sunday, <laughs> Amen. when we talk about personality, it's that one unique component in the shape profile. Now, we can share spiritual gifts. And abilities, but two people will utilize those gifts in two different ways because personality or temperament is unique to each and every person. In other words, everybody has their own style. Even if two people are shy and introverted or competitive, they will manifest themselves in two different ways because people, each and every person is unique. Now, we define personality as the complex combination of characteristics and qualities that make up a person's distinctive character. And the key word in that definition is individual. We are all unique individuals. And since we are all unique, I'm reminded of that song way back in the day from my favorite group, Slave, from Steve Arrington titled, Nobody Can Be You But You. And so I want to talk about real quick serving with your style. Now, when we hear the word style, some think of pizzazz and showmanship. They think of somebody dressing up or showing out, and they say, ooh, he or she got style. 
But let me break it down. That ain't shocking because everybody got style. Their own distinctive manner of how they react and conduct themselves. Everybody. So while all the other components of shape help you with the what and where you can serve, what ministry you can participate to serve in, your personality or your style will dictate how you serve. And so our text today illustrates two different styles, and I only got five minutes, so I don't have time to read. It's in your outline. They'll put it on the screen for you. We're going to use Paul and Barnabas, okay? Both were preachers and missionaries with similar gifts, abilities, passions, you know, but they were two different men with two different styles. And if you knew anything about them, you know that Barnabas was more laid back. He was more looking for positive outcomes. He was the called the son of encouragement. He looked for the peaceful outcome, okay? He would be the one that would give you a second chance. He was the one that stood up for Paul when Paul first got saved and everybody was scared to be around Paul. Now, not that they didn't have reason to be concerned because Paul, on the other hand, Paul had more Negro tendencies. <laughs> he was loud. He was zealous, which was there even before he got saved. He was bold, he was aggressive, you know, where Barnabas would be peaceful in a disagreement. Paul was a bit more confrontational. He, he would call you out. He, would, uh, he was known for that look he'd give you. As the Bible said in Acts 13, you know, he would fix his gaze on you, and then he would lay into you. You know, like when you were cutting up in church, and you look across the way, and your mom saw you, and you would get that look. That's how Paul would do it. Peter found that out himself when he was at that dinner in Galatians as well. You know, but Barnabas had that personality of potential, whereas Paul dealt more in the world of tangibility and proof. When John Mark ditched them after their first missionary journey, Paul, Barnabas wanted to give him a second chance, but not Paul. So you can see evidence of two different styles two different traits of each guy now. Even though they had a disagreement, both of them were still very effective in the kingdom in their approach to ministry. So what's your style? When it comes to loving all people to change the world, are you more extroverted and gravitate towards people? Or are you more introverted and reserved? Are you more open and verbal? Or are you more private and closed off? Are you more passive and shy away from conflict? Are you more confrontational and competitive? Would you rather work with people or would you rather work with the projects that help people? Would you rather be in front or would you rather be behind the scenes? Would you rather work alone or would you rather work with a team? Would you rather multitask on several projects or are you more comfortable with just one project at a time? Now there is no right or wrong personality style. Just because you're shy and introverted doesn't mean that there's not a place where you can put those effect, those abilities and that personality to work in the kingdom for to be the most efficient and to have the most effective outcome. But it's still important to match that style with the good ministry to do that. Even if you're loud and boisterous or you're more outgoing, there's definitely ministries that will be there that you can match up with because God can use you and the personality that he gave to you. You don't have to sing or preach or teach like somebody else. God didn't save you to be somebody else. He saved you to be who you are with what he gave you so you can be sure to serve him, but with your style.
Remember, we're talking about getting in shape to change the world for our T3 147 church challenge. And the fifth thing that you need to know in order to get in shape so that you can change the world is E for experience. And what you need to know about your experience is that your experiences in life have uniquely shaped you to serve God and his people. Your experiences in life have uniquely shaped you to serve God and his people. 1 Samuel 16, 11 reads, And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. This is the story about a boy who would become the future king of Israel. God sent the prophet Samuel to Bethlehem, which is five miles outside of Jerusalem, so that he could anoint the future king. And so Samuel shows up to the house of Jesse, and Jesse calls out seven sons. Now, the first three sons came out. One was named Eliab, the next was named Abinadab, and the next was named Shemaiah. Now, they gallivanted and shashayed in front of Samuel, but God rejected all three of them because the Bible says he don't look at what's on the outside, he judges you what's on the end. A funny thing happened, Samuel asked Jesse a question. He says, is this your only son? And Jesse said, behold, there is the youngest and he's out there tending sheep. Somebody out here, in your life you've been out on the pasture tending sheep. You've been tending the sheep of your own experience. God will use your experience to uniquely position you for what he has for you in the future. God doesn't waste a hurt. The purpose of your hurt is to birth you into the purpose of the destiny that God has for you. God wants to take your experience and develop you and shape you and mold you and develop you and then put you back out on the field of ministry so you can help somebody else. A.W. Tozer says that God can use no man greatly until he hurts him deeply. Pain is a part of the process, but out of that process is your purpose. And in that purpose, you will be used by God to touch and help people. If you're an accountant, God can use you. If you're a school teacher, God can use you. If you're a plumber, God can use you. If you're a fellow ex-convict, God can use you. If you're a D-boy or a hustler, God can use you. If you're an ex-stripper, God can use you. If you are a hustler or a pimp or a pervert or a sneak freak or a con or a liar or a cheat, God can use you. If you're a musician who no longer sings with the sweetness in your voice, God can use you. One of the greatest movements that this nation has ever seen has been the Me Too movement. Its founder, Tawana Burke, would have never thought 30 years ago while she was the victim of abuse that her hashtag MeToo would serve as a point of liberation for millions of women. God will take your experience. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but God's going to take your hurt and use it to drive you into a new season of ministry. He does not waste of hurt. Your experience is what makes you unique. Your, your, your experience is what shapes you. God hasn't brought you into the fold. He has not brought you into the kingdom to sit. We need your experience. 
We ain't just up here preaching for our health. God's given us all experience. God brought me to this church five years ago out of an experience. And that experience he used to catapult me into the area of service that he has for me. Now, guess what? He's going to do the same for you. You don't need a Ph.D., a THM, an MDiv. You don't have to sing. All you got to do is be willing to serve. Amen? Amen. I got some time. I got some time. Hey! Won't he do it? You can hoop on that, my brother. <laughs>